praises and prayer requests uh, August the 20th at 6pm uh, Friday night there'll be a movie night it says I am Gabriel uh, pizza and salad and dessert will be served please RSVP with me or, or pardon me Kathleen and let her know so she can get a uh, uh, um, head count uh, also August the 29th during the Sunday school hour we will have a missionary here so uh that being our fifth Sunday, uh, she is going to Bolivia. So uh, uh, starting early in September, I will be getting with the nominating committee and we will be looking at getting the nomination forms out and people be in prayer for where God's calling you to serve in this congregation. Uh, September the 7th, and I know it says September the 2nd, but September the 7th at 7 p.m. is a ladies circle meeting in the fellowship hall. Um, the 12th is homecoming. Uh, the 13th through the 15th is revival, and Reverend Eugene Ushery will be speaking. Uh, Life Care Pregnancy Center uh, are in need of preemies and size 4 diapers. Uh, I have a Thank you card from them. It says, uh, Dear friends at Deep Creek Baptist Church, thank you so much for your generous donation of diapers, clothing, wipes, uh, baby bottles, uh, um, and baby wash, and the beautiful blanket. Love, uh, let's see, you are a blessing to the women and children we serve. God bless you, the staff of, uh, and volunteers at Life Care Pregnancy Center. I will put that in the back if anyone would like to... Uh, to see it. Um, it's an ongoing ministry, and so uh, we have a place in the fellowship hall where you can put your preemies and your size 4 diapers and clothes and whatever else you have, uh, and we will make sure that they they get what uh, they're asking for. Uh, praises and prayer requests. Uh, have a praise. Uh, Toby Lee called Robert. And so that's uh, that's a praise from where he was at. Uh, so continue to pray for them. Uh, also continue to pray for Kathy Pites. Uh, she is still in critical but stable condition. Um, uh, continue to pray for Bobby Wilson. Uh, he should be going home either today or tomorrow. And so uh, uh, pray for him. Are there any other praises and prayer requests? All right, John. It's all right. Come home this morning. Um, wanna praise Frank Okay. Um, and then um, we want to pray for Karen. She's a little bit out of care in March. She's a little under the weather. And she asked for special prayers for 12 Haven. Okay. Um, other than that, Miss Okay. Uh, go ahead. Is that it? Okay. I wanted to add 
my nephew Jordan. Okay. He is still really sick, wearing a high fever. And just keep in prayer all the little ones now that are being infected by COVID. Okay. Any other? Yeah, go ahead. Uh. Okay. All right. Anybody? Anybody else? Okay. Okay. Any other? Any other praises? Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah. Amen. 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 It's always good to to see people visiting. You know, hopefully uh, you will come again. Um, that's God led you here, so hopefully you'll stay. Uh, that's between you and God, and we're glad to have y'all that are visiting for the first time. And if it's not your first time, we're still glad to have you. We, we just welcome you here with open arms. Uh, uh, if you haven't been loved on yet, just hang on, because you will before the day's over with. Um, are there any other praises and prayer requests? I'd just like to thank God, just to thank God. This greater thank He does. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, it's kind of like the field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. Uh, and so, uh, I know that's a cliche, but it's true. Uh, when you have people prepared to to teach children, and they're still prepared when you have none, then when they start showing up. You're prepared anyway. So that's what's happened. And God's blessed that that uh, uh, that commitment. And so uh, we're moving forward. And, you know, the Lord has uh, knows what he's doing more than we do. Um, and so we're trying to yield to him. Uh, also, uh, I want to give a praise out to my brother Roy is here today. It's good to see you, brother. Um, we've missed you. Um, um, any other praises and prayer requests? David? Praise God for, for opening up some uh, events coming up in our, in our church, our homecoming. And I thank you uh, that everybody will be praying for, uh, for, for good weather, uh, for good health, uh, and for good time and worship. Okay. And also with that said, is that we are strolling out there as a church, we, we probably need to do a Outside or inside, mm-hmm. um, property and space can decide when that day is and they can uh, let us know. All right. Um, any other praises, prayer requests? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. Lord, we come before you humbly. Uh, You've heard our petitions for prayers. You've heard our updates and praises uh, for those whose lives you've been actively involved in. Lord, uh, we lift up Frank Parker. Lord, we praise you that he's able to return to work. Uh, And we lift up... uh, Tina, for us having a a, a great birthday together. Uh, Lord, we we lift up... um Rachel, as she went through her procedure, Lord, and it, and it was minimal uh, discomfort to her. Lord, we, we praise you for the way you do it. We're lifting up Karen Martin, Lord, as she's under the weather, uh, and we just ask you to continue to, to work and guide in her life. Lord, we lift up Jordan Edwards, Lord, as he is running a high fever. We pray, the Lord, that you intervene and drop that fever. We pray that you just wipe it out so that he can get back to being the child he was intended to be. Lord, we uh, 
We lift up Helen as she has to return to some of the medications and some of the procedures before. And Lord, we just know that you're in control of all of this. Uh, all of these on the prayer list, Lord, our children who are going to be returning to school. Um, Walter and Bernie, Lord, as, as they're continuing to, to heal and recover. Lord, uh, uh, just so many on here uh, and we lift them up to you Lord knowing that you're in control and you're the great physician and not only are you the great physician you're the great comforter Lord those families that are grieving we lift them up to you so that you can draw near them Lord and allow them to feel your presence and know that you're the only one the only one who can heal a broken heart Lord may we always continue to lift up the lost to you that you would put them in front of us and give us a boldness to be able to lovingly share your mysteries and of the gospel for their lives Lord are at stake in Jesus name we pray amen Our offertory hymn is 161, 161. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures be for our use I pose we pray. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast bought us like we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, Thou hast bought us like we are. We are thine and now befriend us, Be the guardian of our way.
Once again, good morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you will turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to continue to uh, finish up, I guess would be the, or make this the second or last sermon of personalizing evangelism and our responsibilities. If you remember last week, I had talked about how the number one way for people were through a poll from the American uh, Institute of Religious Studies, the number one way that people wound up at church and coming to Christ was because 76% of them said somebody invited them. And so it becomes our responsibility uh, to invite them, but not only to invite them, but also to disciple them. And so uh, today we're going to kind of uh, continue on with that. Um, and so I'm going to start in chapter 3 uh, of the book of Corinthians, uh, verse 1, and probably run to about verse 7 or 8. Um, and so here we go. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hither to... Uh, to ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are you now able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk in the, uh, and walk as man or as men? For while one saith I am of Paul, another saith I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollos. I have watered. But God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to open up your scripture to us. Lord, I pray that... that we glean everything that you would have us to glean through these verses and the next verses. Lord, we just love you. We know that we are blessed to have your written word, God breathed, delivered to us so that we can contemplate it, we can digest it, and we can apply it to our lives as you see fit for the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, how do we do this? How do we evangelize? How do we make sure that we are reaching the people that we need to reach? Number one, how does this start out? Because last week we talked about our responsibility. Where do we start? How do we start? We start with those that are closest to us first. And we work outwardly. So we start with our family and friends. Those that are in our close personal spheres of influence. And then we move to our neighbors and our co-workers, those who are not quite as close to us, those that we see on a not-so-regular basis, those that we work with but not necessarily socialize with um, or socialize outside of the workplace. Those are the folks that we need to reach also, relatives of fellow church members, regular visitors to a, work, a service of, at the church. Casual acquaintances, you know, the mailman, the store clerk, the cashier at the convenience store, the clerk at the grocery store, the waitress at the restaurant, the mechanic that works on your car, all of those people. Casual acquaintances. Well, how do we go about doing that? Well, number one, you start out with a limited list. You know, I had said something last week about maybe what each one of us needs to do is pray and present a list of three people that are lost and let us put it on a list so that we can collectively 
pray for the lost. But also you need to have a list of people who you need to pray for, who you need to evangelize. And evangelism is nothing more than you being a friend sometimes. It's nothing more than you checking in on a neighbor. Uh, these are the things that, that we do. It's not, it's not some great training thing that you, facility that you need to go through. Each one of us knows how to make people comfortable. Those that are close to us, like our next door neighbors who buy a new house or build a house next to us where there wasn't one. We go out of our way to meet them, make them feel welcome to the, to the neighborhood. You're going to be living next to them. They might as well know who you are and you might as well know who they are. Because you're going to, at some point in time, need to rely on each other. And so once you have your little list, then give priority to those who are unchurched. Those are the ones we need to give priority to to start with. So who are the active members of any denomination or particular region, a religion? Active members of a denomination or religion are often very satisfied uh, with their human traditions and are not as representative to the pure, simple gospel of Christ. Think about that. We do get complacent when we sit in the congregation of the church. And especially if we've been sitting in a church for years. Now, there's nothing wrong to sit in a church for years. As long as you're serving Christ. As long as you're doing your outreach. As long as you're talking to people outside of your little sphere. As long as you're showing people in your walk Jesus in you. Because that's the first thing they notice is your attitude, your lifestyle, the way you handle the way you handle uh, crises that come in your way. You know, we get caught up sometimes, and, and I know this to be a fact. Years ago, at a church I attended, uh, we had a very popular pastor. I mean, he was well loved by everybody in the community, and God moved him to another place way miles away and there were people who left our church and followed him that still lived in this area that would drive two and a half hours every Sunday to attend church where he was at so were they following God or were they following the pastor you know those are the things that we need to ask and so what we need to make sure of is that, that we're worshiping God where God planted us all the members of this congregation were placed here by God. If you are here today, it's because God led you here. If you have been coming for a while, it's because God led you here. He has a purpose for you to be here, and you have a unique opportunity, and you have a unique skill set that this congregation needs. Now, with that being said, if you are married, the husband and the wife should probably have one list together for several reasons. Number one, if you have that list together, you can collectively pray for those lost. What that does is that helps husbands and wives learn to pray together collectively every day. And it's a great thing when you find out that you're praying with your spouse. It's even a better thing when she calls you during the middle of the day and says, pray for me. Or vice versa. It draws you closer. No matter how close you think you are in your relationship, when you are a praying couple, you are as close as it gets. Because you're both laying your hearts out, not only before the person who knows you best, but before God who knows you the, the very best. And so he knows our underlying motives. He knows all the things that we don't want our spouses to know. He knows all of those things. Our fears and our, and our, our dreams. And when we come together and we pray together, and especially when we're focused in prayer on a specific subject, watch God work. Watch God work. Because it requires joint cooperation. Each one of us at that point are co-equal before God. 
Each one of us at that point are asking God for the same thing. For the same purpose. With the same results expected. If you're praying and you're not expecting God to answer those prayers, you're wasting your breath. You have to believe that God is going to answer those prayers. If you know someone that is lost, you need to pray and expect God to call them to Christ. That's what we should do. If you're praying for someone who is sick and you're asking God to heal them, you need to believe in your heart with all of your soul that God's going to heal them. See, it's about faith. It's about faith. All of this is about faith. How are people saved? By faith. They're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you're saved. That's how I'm saved. And we need to pray for those on our list daily. It's God who gives the increase. And we've just read that. God is the one who gives the increase for our prayers. No matter what the subject, God is the one who is responsible for the increase. And when it comes to evangelism, it's especially true. In verses 6 and 7, we read that. I have planted Apollos, watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is the planteth, or he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We're doing what we're called to do when we water and plant the seeds. It's God who gives the increase. It's God who gives salvation. It's God who does that. The Holy Spirit, the triune God working in their hearts, sometimes we're blessed to be a part of that. Sometimes somebody else gets to be the harvester. But ultimately, it's God who does it all. But we are servants of God, and we can use His providential workings. That's why it's important that we pray. That's why it's important that we have a list of who we want to pray for. So we can specifically name salvation, or can specifically name that God touched them. It's one thing for us to open into prayer, Lord, we pray for the lost that they will come to knowledge of you. It's a completely different thing when it says, I'm praying for so-and-so. Lord, that you would impact his life. Lord, that he would come to Christ or she. Lord, that they find no rest. They find no peace. They find no comfort until they deal with you. Lord, I pray they can't eat. I pray they can't sleep. I pray that nothing in their life is, is settled until they make a decision for you. And believe it. Believe it. Because their eternity is at stake. Their eternity is at stake. And so we need to pray like their lives are at stake. Just like we pray for someone who's terminal. Or we pray for someone who's in intensive care. And they come out. And we praise God for working in their lives. We need to be praising God for those who are lost. And he snatched out the gates of hell. That's who we need to be praying for. Not saying that we shouldn't pray for the sick, but our foremost, our foremost opportunity and our foremost obligation is for those people that are living in a world that are hurting and need hope from Jesus Christ, the only one who can provide it. That's what our obligation is. That God would work together with us so that so that we may work as though it is all depends on us. And it's not. It depends on Him. So let us just move away our pride. Let us move away whatever we got and be humble when we deliver the gospel. We should deliver the gospel to every person we come in contact with. That's what He's called us to do. Now, with that being said... You don't have to be like some churches that get advertised on TV for beating people over the heads and standing outside with signs. What we need to do is do it with love, do it with friendship and kindness, because 
That's who we are. We are to love them. We're to let them know who they are. God tells us to love them as ourselves. And I'm going to tell you, I love me pretty good. And so I'm called to love you at the exact same power and effort that I love me. And so we need to open and pray together, pray together with our wives and as a congregation that God will give us opportunities to do good for them, not us, for them, those that are lost. To give us wisdom to make the most of those opportunities as they're presented to us. We can't live our lives wrapped up on an island. We were never intended to be that way. What's going on in society with the lockdowns and the separations was, is, is of the demonic nature. God created us to be together. He created us to have touch. He created us to socialize with others. Have you ever noticed that why they say solitary confinement drives people crazy? Because they're isolated from human contact. We need to be out contacting people. And I know that it goes against a lot of the things that being perpetrated and pointed today about uh, the, 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 the pandemic that's going on. You can still do these things without being dangerous. You can do these things without being dangerous. Turn to Colossians 4.3. I'm going to reiterate a statement that I made just a few minutes ago uh, about opportunities. Who gives the opportunities? It says in Colossians 4.3, With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bond. For I may make it manifest as I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time let your speech be always with grace seasoned with salt that ye know how ye ought to answer every man I can assure you it's not by telling them you're going to hell that very well may be where they're headed but that's not the way to open the door to get into a conversation with somebody and then receive you well. When you're going to save someone that's drowning and you throw that life ring out there, you don't holler out there and tell them, you're drowning, you're going to die, do you? No. Hang on, I'm going to come and tell you. So why would it be any difference when you're pulling somebody out, out of eternity lost in hell? Why would it be any difference? That person that's struggling to survive, that's fighting for air and water while they're in the water over their head and thinking they're going to die, they know their situation abundantly clear. Most folks who are sinning know their situation. What they need is somebody to come alongside of them and show them that there is a different path to take. That there is a God who loves them. That there is a plan that they have not done nothing too bad that God can't forgive. And especially when they find out that he's already forgave them while they were yet still sinners. That's how all of us got here. And so that's what we need to do. We need to cultivate. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to go before us to prepare the soil to receive the seed. We need to do this on a regular basis. That's what he called us for. He had each person on this earth, we were born with a purpose. And that purpose is to glorify him and to have a relationship with him. 
Some will reject it. Some will never accept it. But for those of us who have, it's our responsibility to tell those that haven't about the good news. That's our responsibility. Not one soul in here can save another soul. That's the work of the Holy Spirit and God. But every soul in here can tell another soul about who Jesus is. That's our responsibility. And we can do it with love. And so we pray for our list daily. The importance of these prayers are just enormous. To give us the boldness to say what needs to be said, said the wisdom to know how to say it, the opportunity to, for us to be placed in a situation where they can hear the truth and have honest hearts. We need to pray that they have honest hearts that will be open and receptive to the Word of God. Not only just pray because they're lost, but pray that God will open their heart, that God will make them receptive to the message of Jesus Christ, the salvation, the eternal life that so many people are wondering about. Yes, it is eternal. And yes, there's two places you can spend it. One is in the presence of God Almighty and the other one is separated for eternity. So we need to invite them to services. And why is this important that we invite them to church? You know, I might have thought not too long ago that this was not a very important thing to do, but I think differently now. There is a very important thing to do. Because they'll get to hear the gospel. They'll get to see a loving, caring congregation. You know, I, I've said for five, six, going on six years that this is the biggest kept secret in Moore County. This church is a loving and caring church. And if you stick around for a while, you'll find out just how loving and caring they are. Uh, they show up. When the chips are down and they know it, they show up. With prayers, they show up with, with, with to help you with your needs. Um... They pray for you and they genuinely care about your well-being. See, each one of us as individuals when we're out, we demonstrate God's love. And for them to understand by inviting them to a congregation, they get to see that we're not just a a hiccup on the horizon or, or a, 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 fac, a facsimile of something that we are the real deal. And when you come into the building here, you find out that the place is full of loving and caring individuals who truly care about when they ask you, are you having a good day? They truly want to know. It's not like they're just doing it to make small talk. And we have an opportunity here to present the gospel to them through the messages and through the programs and the Sunday school lessons. That's what this church is about. Presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who need it. And here's the other thing. If someone is lost and they are continually coming and they eventually are saved, guess what? They continue to come. Sometimes those come, they get saved, they have an emotional experience, and you never see them again. And so what we need to do is we need to spend time in prayer about inviting people to church. We need to spend time in prayer and asking for wisdom. We need to spend time in prayer preparing for when they come that we will welcome them with love and open arms. That part we have down. We have that down great. People are going to love on you here at Deep Creek Baptist Church. And so we need to be hospitable to visitors. 
If you've came today and this is your first time and no one has spoken to you and no one has, has conversed with you, I want to know immediately following the worship service. Because that's not the norm here. And so why is it important that we be hospitable to visitors? Why is it important that you be hospitable to visitors that come to your home? Is there a reason we do it at home? Sure it is. When we invite someone into our home, we want them to feel welcome. We want them to feel at ease. We want them to feel at home. In fact, we tell them, make yourself at home. You know, down here where we live, you, you, want, you need some iced tea? You need a Coke, Pepsi, water, whatever. Would you like something to eat? These are things that were passed down from my grandparents. You want to offend, when my grandmother was alive, if you wanted to offend her, don't eat something at her house when you visit. She would be very offended. Because until you did eat something, that was the way the conversation was going to revolve. You would talk about whatever you wanted to talk about. Here, let me fix you a bowl of peas, or let me fix you some green, let me fix you something. And then the next conversation would come around, and it was going to come around until you either succumbed and eat the peas or whatever it was that you liked or you was going to offend them. We should be the same way at church. We need to make people feel comfortable. We need to put our arms around them. Who knows when the last time they received a hug from a fellow human being. And I know that it goes against the protocol standards of what's going on now, but I firmly believe that if you're in the church and somebody hugs you, God's going to take care of you. That's my belief. But you can ask, is it okay if I give you a hug? There's nothing wrong with that. Used to, you didn't have to ask. You just walked up and hugged. Now you need to probably ask. That's okay. And if they say no, respect that. Give them a fist bump and move on. We need to be finding out, be interested in who we are and who they are, and we're so glad to have them. We need to be friendly to all, whoever invited you. They need to be friendly to you. And if you just showed up on your own, every one of us needs to be friendly to you, even if somebody else invited you. You know, here's the thing about visitors. Most of them will show up early and leave early. And that, there's a reason for that. They want to get them a good seat without having to draw a lot of attention to themselves when we walk in. I know, I've been a visitor. I know how it's like. It's like you walk in and you expect all the eyes to be on you. And you don't know anybody. And so, you know, and so you want to find your place, you want to sit down, you want to be as inconspicuous as possible. And then you want to, when it's over with, beeline to the parking lot. So, what we as church members need to do, we need to be here early. And we need to stay late. So that we can greet those new pe people when they come through the door. That's what we need to do. We need to make the visitors' guests, our guests, their priority. I had no idea that we were going to have visitors today. But this is my sermon I've been working on all week. So obviously God knew something that I didn't and that's okay. And here's the other thing about it. When somebody comes to visit you, they're already your brethren. They may become your brothers and sisters in the congregation. They may. It depends on how we act and how God moves their hearts. And when we show our hospitality, we need to do it within the confines of our ability. Some of us are great, outgoing people who know no strangers and, and some of us are a little bit introverted and we have troubles with new folks because we're afraid we're going to say the wrong thing. Be yourself. Be yourself. Be yourself. You're going to build a relationship with these people you need to build yourself instead of trying to be something you're not when you're witnessing to others be yourself 
don't be something you're not. Not every one of us is a Billy Graham. Not every one of us is a Peter or a Paul. Not every one of us is a Matthew, a Mark, a Luke, or a John. Even though that might be our name. But every one of us is a disciple. Every one of us is a child of God. Every one of us are saved by grace. Every one of us came to salvation broken. Every one of us are filled with the same Spirit. Every one of us serve the same God. Just be yourself. Be humble. Let them know that they are very welcome here. Let them know that you are very pleased that they chose to worship with us today. Invite them to come out again. Invite them to our functions. And number one thing, the number one thing that we need to always remember is when we have visitors and when we're evangelizing is we need to make sure that we present the gospel and let them understand that only the gospel of God has the power to save. Not the words of any preacher. Not the words of, of any church member. Only the words of the gospel of Jesus Christ have the power to save. While we're called to love our brothers and sisters as ourselves, when we do that in reality, we are sowing the seeds of the gospel. And we may be thinking we're sowing when we're actually watering, and we may be thinking we're watering when we're actually helping to harvest. God knows where they're at in that germination process. We do not. But we're called to be a fertilizer. We're called to lift them up. We're not called to be a weed killer. We're not called to burn off the, the greens of the plant. We're not called to give them too much nitrogen so they burn up in the heat. We're called to talk to them. Water them. To give them the nourishment they need. from the book of salvation. So how do we bring all this together? We have a lot of, a, a lot of suggestions uh, that could be used. The main thing is, is what we need to do is we need to be ourselves and limit ourselves to our abilities and to the forwarding and indwelling of the Holy Ghost. The, the Ghost, the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will send you. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say, when to say, and how to say it. The Holy Spirit is where we get our direction personally. You know, we don't have to be an effective teacher or a leader. All we have to do is be effective in living our life for Christ and sharing the gospel. You need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there is salvation available to those who accept it and believe who Jesus was and what his actions were and that he is risen and living in heaven today alive and the other thing that we can do to help spread our evangelism is just be a friend be a friend to the lost be a friend to Christians some Christians are struggling too. Here's the thing that I want to let you know. Even if you do not 
convert a single soul. You will have fulfilled your obligation to share Christ with others. When you live your life out as Christ, when you've done the things that you've called to do, share the gospel, we will have not only done what Christ has called us to do, but we will have become better Christians. We will have become a better congregation. We will become better friends, better neighbors, better fathers, better mothers, better co-workers, better brothers and sisters, better grandparents, all through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Evangelism is about you submitting to God and sharing what He's done for you through the shed blood and death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I ask you to go before us. Touch the hearts that needed to be touched. Lord, I ask you to guide us through these perilous times of fear and, 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 and hate and, and division. Let us all be one in Christ, focused on you and your kingdom. Lord, let us always go before you first with anything that we do. Great or not so great ideas that we have and things that we're doing our life. We should take everything in our life before you. Lord, draw us closer together so that we can put the list together and pray together with our spouses and our families for the lost by name. Give us the ability, Lord, to plant the seeds to water and give us the eyes to watch you direct the harvest for your kingdom. Lord, it should be our motto here at Deep Creek Baptist Church that every soul we come in contact with in this county and surrounding counties should not cross the threshold of hell without having heard the gospel here first. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.